Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today we have one of the highest ranking Republicans in the House, Republican whip Steve Scalise, the congressman from Louisiana, an American hero, somebody who survived a terror attack, a shooting on himself and rehabbed himself and got back to representing the great people of Louisiana. He is here to uh, give us an update on all things going on in the Capitol, the president's impeachment trial and President Trump's impeachment trial, uh, the pandemic response and some of the hypocrisy that Democrats are now being caught in, uh, the uh, overwhelming uh, concerns that the Biden economic uh, agenda is beginning to raise, whether it's AFL-CIO worried about uh, job losses from the Trans-Canada Keystone Pipeline or uh, concerns that the minimum wage, as CBO reported yesterday, would cost 1.4 million jobs. We're just a few weeks into the Biden administration, and now the net effect of those policies, those changes that are uh, that this election brought forth are beginning to really resonate. And one of the stories I wrote today that I hope you take a look at is just how quickly the Biden agenda has smashed into reality in Washington, whether it's union resistance, the inability of Democratic cities to get their teachers unions to teach children. We're going to talk about that with Congressman Scalise for sure. There is an extraordinary moment in American history where political alliances, political hypocrisy, political consequences to everyday Americans, i.e. job losses, uh, the threat of inflation, uh, those sort of things, are becoming very, very real. And uh, it, we're at a moment where journalists aren't really covering the truth about these issues. That's why we created Just the News, so that we can give you frontline information about what the CBO is saying, about what the FBI affidavits are saying that contrast with the impeachment trial. Uh, so many things are occurring in this country that the news media are either uh, sh uh, shrugging off, hiding, not reporting, or misreporting, uh, that it's hard to get the truth. And and so why we why do we have this podcast? Why do we have justthenews.com? Well, it's a very simple answer. We want you to hear from people, get facts, look at documents. Remember, we have the dig in section on our website. Every piece of information we have that led to the creation of our stories, you can read yourself a document, an audio tape, a videotape, um, a, a set of links that where we did our research from original source materials, uh, declassified documents, FOIAs, 
they're all available for you to read at justthenews.com. And uh, and then we do something like we're going to do today. We're going to bring in one of the most important people in Washington, someone has who has enormous respect and also enormous influence in Washington, uh, Congressman Steve Scalise, the Republican whip, the uh, one of the highest ranking officials below Speaker um, Kevin McCarthy. And we just have a conversation. What's going on? Yesterday, uh, Congressman Scalise wrote a report taking a look at several places where the Biden Democratic pandemic response has already abandoned science. And why is that important? Joe Biden preached to us all last fall, rightfully so, I think, that science should govern, good science should govern good decision-making in the pandemic, again, the fight against coronavirus. And now Congressman Scalise writes a report that shows the instances where uh, the uh, political policies are diverging from science. One of them is one of the most amazing. From the CDC director on down, from all studies that we have available to us, there's almost no evidence that children, school children going to school, being taught by their teachers in person leads to a spread of the coronavirus. It is strongly, strongly um, written in the scientific literature. And yet, Democratic leaders are making excuses. Some are criticizing the CDC. And teachers unions, big donors to the Democratic Party, aren't letting their teachers go back to work. And um, these Democratic mayors, all big fans of Joe Biden, uh, back last summer when the endorsements came out, they can't get their school children taught properly. And a whole generation of students have now experienced nearly a year of abandonment from the classroom. Uh, remote learning, episodic learning, uh, lack of socialization with their colleagues and their students and their peers. Uh, and it doesn't seem like those that are paid to get the teachers to work care that much. And uh, what's most amazing is Congressman Scalise put all these into a report. It's a great factual report. We did something with it here at um, Just the News. And, uh, but most of the other media, they didn't cover it. They didn't watch it. They didn't engage on it. And as a result, uh, you know, it's a tree falling in the forest. That's why Just the News exists. That's why Real America's Voice, the new TV network exists. It's why we're doing this podcast here. Uh, John Solomon Report, so you can hear directly. We take your questions. We try to uh, give you a voice and ask important members of Congress, members of the government, uh, the security apparatus, the political infrastructure, the cultural institutions, to talk to us and let us know what's going on, where do we go with these things, and that's why we're going to, I'm so looking forward to having uh, Congressman Steve Scalise on this show in a few minutes. Uh, while you're at it, I want to, uh, before we go to the commercial break and get ready for the congressman, I want you to go take a look at one story at Just the News that really is alarming. Uh, it is alarming because it is a clear red flag of a potential bioterrorism effort that occurred in Florida recently. A sheriff, I believe it's in Pinellas County, Florida, um, yesterday revealed that hackers were able to gain control or access to a water treatment plant in that vicinity of Florida and were able to change the amount of concentration of a chemical uh, that's used to purify or keep water safe. But if you put too much of it in the water, it becomes highly toxic. And the sheriff uh, said that these hackers managed to do it and they tried it not once but twice. Now plant employees quickly noticed the change and were able to protect the the water public, the water paying public, whatever we want to call it. 
But uh, this is the era of cyber hacking that most concerns the people I talk to in the FBI, in the National Security Council, across the U.S. government. Why is that? Because uh, if cyber hackers were to use their skills to do something like this, um, we could have a tragedy in America. And it doesn't appear that this episode is getting enough attention. Uh, it doesn't appear that the FBI has really rung up some interesting um, uh, alarm bells yet. And it makes us wonder whether we're entering into a period of malaise where our um, country after 20, now 20 years after 9-11, uh, nearly 20 years after 9-11, whether we've become soft or complacent. Uh, but cyber hacking designed to carry out physical terror attacks is a very, very real concern. If you look back at the Homeland Security Inspector General last year, I just wrote this because there was a cybersecurity director named Krebs that Trump fired and everybody held him up as a, you know, a, a victim, a whistleblower. And it turns out that one of the things that the chief watchdog of the Homeland Security Department was saying is this guy wasn't focused enough on physical security, how cybersecurity can lead to to physical security threats. Uh, I think this episode in Pinellas County highlights that. Uh, the Biden administration has to be on top of this. Members of Congress in both parties have to be on top of it. The sheriff's on top of it. He's very concerned. He was trying to raise the alarm bells. But once again, go back, this theme that we keep having, go back and look at how low uh, resonance, low play, low attention. The national news media has given this threat. This is a serious threat. We need more reporters to be doing their job, spending less time on silly, opinionated uh, riffs uh, and uh, and political cartoons like the one we talked to yesterday with Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson of North Carolina, where they're portraying an African American as a KKK member. That's ludicrous on its face. But uh, we need less opinion. We need more facts, more seriousness, more neutrality, and um, and more voices to be heard. The silencing of the social media and professional media platforms is beginning to have a negative effect on the safety, the security, the psyche, the vitriol in America. News media need to step up, stop being advocates, and start becoming um, uh, arbiters of the truth. Give us facts and let the American people uh, determine what it is uh, that's the truth, but give them the information to make those decisions. Stop suppressing, stop hiding, stop uh, all the political uh, silliness that doesn't matter at the dinner table, the water cooler, the boardroom, and give us facts. That's what Just the News is about. That's what this podcast is about. And that's what our upcoming interview with Congressman Steve Scalise of Louisiana is going to be about. Well, going to be about. We're going to get facts from one of the highest ranking members of Congress in just a second. But first, an important message from our great sponsors and advertisers. Listen up. We love them. They love us. Please support them. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest from the great state of Louisiana, the congressman, the House Republican whip, Steve Scalise, joins us. Congressman, welcome to the show. Hey, John, great to be with you. And you as well. So much going on. Where do we start? I guess we should start with the with the Senate impeachment trial. I'd love to get your your take on where things stand today as the trial begins. There's all this evidence now that the 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 riots in the Hill were pre-planned, that they weren't a spontaneous event. Uh, what what's your take on where we stand with the body of evidence in the beginning of the trial? Yeah, John, Democrats have never wanted the facts to get in the way of of their rush to just continue. To, to berate this president since Donald Trump was in office. They wanted to impeach him uh, on day one. They filed in the first week of his presidency, they filed impeachment proceedings. It was never about an impeachable offense. It was about a hatred of the man and, and his agenda and the things he wanted to do to put America first. And so uh, this is such a waste of time. Uh, when most people in America want us to be working to get our economy back on track, to get schools safely reopened, to round the corner on COVID, get more people vaccinated, to hold China accountable. What is the Senate doing under Chuck Schumer? Uh, they're yet again following through on, on this just perennial attack against President Trump. It's like an obsession that they have. They don't have the votes. He's already gone from office. When are they going to finally turn the page and, and focus on the hardworking families who deserve more? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. That's really what people want to be focused on, right? The the, the issues at the uh, the dinner table, the pocketbook, the economy, uh, the pandemic, and it seems as though those have fallen far from from the Democrats' interest level right now. Uh, yesterday, you put out a really important report about the state of the Biden administration, Democrats' response to the pandemic, and it had a lot of great examples of where Democrats aren't following their own science aren't really focusing on the issues Americans want. Tell us why you did it. And then also, what are some of the most uh, compelling things that concern you about the Biden Democratic approach to the pandemic? John, I'd really like to see the Biden administration putting the proper focus on the pandemic. And, and it seems like they just want to continue to go back in time and attack President Trump and act as if this, this false narrative that there was no plan. And when you look at the Biden plan, it is the Trump plan. He walked in and the first thing he says is, we're going to vaccinate 100 million people in the first 100 days. Well, John, that's great and well, except that was the Trump plan. We were vaccinating a million people a day, that's almost right. that number, when Biden took the oath of office because of President Trump's Operation Warp Speed, which created not one but two vaccines to a virus we didn't even know about a year prior. Uh, plus, now we're about to see Johnson & Johnson, third company, have an approved vaccine. And that, that was all part of a non-plan and yet that's what the Biden plan has been. But then you heard all throughout the campaign, follow the science as if the, the Trump administration was not following science when in fact they were. And here you have just the other day, uh, Dr. Walensky, the CDC director under President Biden, comes out and says what we've known all along, that you can safely reopen schools. In fact, the Trump administration CDC director was saying the same thing. The American Academy of Pediatrics was saying, you're harming these young kids if you don't send them back into the classroom, and it can be done safely months ago. And then the CDC director just a few days ago says, of course you can open up schools. And what does the Biden administration do? They attack the science. Yeah. You know, They say they want science until the science actually shows what we've known all along. Uh, the teachers' union might not want to safely reopen schools in many of these states, but Parents want the schools reopened. Kids want to be back in school. Depression is through the roof. They're not learning as much. And you can do it. And the CDC director pointed that out. 
And so what we just pointed out uh, to the Biden administration is follow your own science and work with us to safely reopen schools. Even Michael Bloomberg called out President Biden for cowering to the teachers union and not standing up for the kids. And that's all we're saying is stand up for these kids. And by the way, John, if there's ever been a better time to talk about the need for school choice, it's now. You've got some school systems who are not only taking your money, but they're educating your kids in the classroom. And then you've got other school systems, whether it's L.A. or Chicago, who are saying, we'll take your money. We just won't educate your kid. Shouldn't the parent be able to take that money and go down the street to a school system that's willing to safely educate their kid if their local school system is not? It's doing long-term harm to these young kids. And the science is very clear. They need to be in the classroom and they can safely be in the classroom. Open up all the schools. It is remarkable. And I think more than any other episode in the last 20 years, the pandemic has really uh, exposed the co interdependency uh, between the Democratic Party and the teachers unions, which is the teacher unions are the tail that wag the dog. And um, <clears throat> do you think, in, in uh, given the frustration that parents have, given the uh, frustration that uh, city leaders have when they can't get their own teachers unions to comply. Uh, Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago, you know, looks almost impotent because she can't get her teachers union to comply. Um, Does education become a leading edge issue for Republicans? You guys have always argued for choice. Every time choice has gotten a chance, it works. Um, Does this this education issue pivot right after the pandemic? John, school choice needs to be a major driving issue not just today, but in the months and years ahead. Uh, look, in, in New Orleans, I worked very closely uh, after Katrina when, when we created a charter school system uh, to allow parents to have choices. Right. And it was probably at the time of Katrina, New Orleans was one of the most failed, broken school systems in the country. Today, parents have real choices. Schools are competing for the kids. Maybe you need a children's union to compete with the, the teacher's union because <laughs> the, the children need to be represented yeah. uh, in this mix. And it should be all about them and helping these kids have a a brighter future. And so many millions of children right now are being denied future opportunity because their local union is standing in the way of those parents being able to send their kids back to school safely. And it can be done. The guidance and the science is there. The will needs to be there, too. Yeah, we're talking about an entire generation of students being put at risk by this this continued uh, resistance to, to teach, which is what we pay these teachers to do. It's really yeah. remarkable. Um, staying on unions for a second, uh, uh, Richard Trumka, the AFL-CIO boss, let it be known he's upset that Biden canceled the Trans-Canada uh, Keystone Pipeline. Uh, you see the CBO warning that the minimum wage is going to take out many a million point four new jobs. Um, it, it, it's sort of a, a pivoting moment that the both nonpartisan and left side of uh, Biden's uh, apparatus is warning him that the jobs uh, he's a job killer now. He's not a job creator. He's not the middle class Joe or blue collar Joe. His policies are actually directly impacting uh, the economic welfare of uh, Americans. And I wonder. What do you think will stop him? Will this be a wake-up call, or will it just be a continuation of the policies despite these red lights? John, I, I think mo- you're seeing millions of Americans open up their eyes and, and, and rise up against uh, this this attack on American jobs by the Biden administration. But look, Joe Biden talked about unity in his inaugural address, and, and he's unified people like Steve Scalise and, and union head Richard Trumka against his radical policies that's destroying jobs. And you know, these are good high wage jobs, whether it's 
down at Port Fouchon in South Louisiana, the, the, the person working on a deep water rig making eighty to $100,000 a year whose job is in jeopardy because of the ban on permits and, uh, and new leases, or it's the union job up in North Dakota throughout the Keystone Pipeline route, which are also really good high-paying jobs. And this lunacy that, oh, don't worry, you can just go install solar panels uh, you know, while John Kerry's flying around on his private jet telling you not to fly around on a commercial airliner. Uh, the hypocrisy and the, the lunacy of these policies is destroying uh, families. It's destroying hardworking jobs. And these are American jobs. They're not going to just go away, John. They're going to go to foreign countries. Russia is the biggest winner, and China are the biggest winners from the Biden administration's first week, uh, first weeks of radical executive orders because they're going to get those jobs. And they emit more carbon than the work that we do in America with good environmental standards. So you think about it. They're saying get rid of the jobs to save the planet. They're actually going to do more damage to the planet while destroying the blue-collar jobs that make this country work. It's, it's got to be reversed. People need to rise up, call their members of Congress, call the White House, and tell the president, President Biden, stop destroying American jobs. It's um, you can really see it in the poll numbers already. So we had a poll yesterday and a super majority of Americans, a solid majority of major Americans say uh, raising the minimum wage right now to $15 is a job killer. It will kill jobs. So the American public is already being able to equate these policies in only two or three weeks of the Biden administration to a direct economic impact. You hear Yellen talk about uh, and Larry Summers talk about inflation, that maybe this COVID package is too high. At one point, does this become a train wreck? And also, what do Republicans do to offer the alternative? You, you've been a huge champion of Main Street and small business. And of all, anyone who's going to be hit by the minimum wage increase, it's going to be Main Street America. Uh, what are you guys doing to, to create a counter argument and to create an alternate vision for America against these policies? John, the most important thing we can do is get the facts out and help make people aware of just how devastating these policies are, what these executive orders are doing, if they try to go down the road of raising the minimum wage, how it actually uh, kills the lowest income uh, first job. And my first job was working as a, a busboy at a restaurant. Uh, and it was, a, it was an entry-level job. I ultimately made more money. Uh, but the idea that you destroy these entry-level jobs for millions of people, how does that help the economy when you look at what they're doing to the energy industry? And by the way, it's not just the energy industry. As they try to get back in the Paris Accord, they're going to destroy manufacturing in America. We were bringing manufacturing back under the Trump policies, yeah, no low doubt. taxes, regulations that actually made sense, fair rules that everybody knows how to play by. Today, you're bringing back all of the old radical regulators from the Obama administration that were running jobs to foreign countries. And keep this in mind, if it's about saving the planet, which they say it is, you're going to emit more carbon globally because these jobs that are being done in America by American workers at good wages will be shipped to foreign countries like China, like India, like Russia, where they pay their workers less and they emit more carbon yeah. in the air because they don't have the good standards we do. So you destroy American jobs and put more carbon in the atmosphere. Explain how that makes any sense for America. It might be good for China's economy and Russia's economy. It's horrible for American workers, especially those blue collar middle class jobs that we were bringing back under the Trump administration. 
Yeah, such an important um, dynamic that people are just, I think, beginning to absorb. It's funny, it normally takes six or eight months to fill the impact of a new president's agenda, but uh, it's pretty clear the economic impact and the fallout of Joe Biden's decisions are really registering quickly. Now, throughout this conversation today, Congressman, the issue of hypocrisy keeps coming up, whether it's we're for science until we don't want to follow it, we're for blue-collar workers until we want to kill their jobs. Uh, one of the issues that have come up in the last week is the new rules in the in the Congress and the fact that Nancy Pelosi was observed by several of your Republican caucus members going through a door bypassing the metal detectors over the weekend after a Republican was allegedly fined. Um, what is going on inside the congressional dynamic? Will we see Nancy Pelosi held to account or is there going to be a, uh, a look the other way phenomenon again? I'm not holding my breath, but you know, I, I think of all of the, the issues that are out there that, that the mainstream media refuses to cover, the hypocrisy of Democrats does more to expose the, the lunacy and the, the failures of their uh, of the things that they do, the things that they say, because it's do as I say, not as I do for Democrats. You know, everything from Gavin Newsom telling you, you can't right. go out to a restaurant with your friends. And then he's photographed out at a restaurant with his friends without a mask. Nancy Pelosi says, you can't go to your beauty salon. But then when she thinks nobody's looking, she's at her beauty salon without a mask. Uh, what she said recently in the House, you know, if you don't go through the magnometer, uh, you're going to be fined. And then she's watched, observed, walking through the magnometer without walking around the magnometer without getting fined. I mean, if the plan actually makes sense, people get that. People want to follow rules that make sense. Sure. But when they see rules that don't make sense, they might question it, but then when they see these Democrat leaders putting ridiculous, obstructive rules in place that they themselves don't even follow. And again, John Kerry telling you, you know, don't use fossil fuels because they're destroying the planet. And then it turns out he flies on a private jet to Iceland to get a, a global warming award. And it <laughs> yes. emits 40 times more it up. carbon than if he, he could have gone on Expedia and found a flight from Boston to Iceland. And he would have emitted 40 times less carbon. They know this is all hocus pocus. And yet they're, they're trying to go around the world and win awards at America's expense, at your expense. Your family can't live a normal lifestyle, but they're doing it themselves. And they're just telling you not to do it. That hypocrisy is what drives people nuts. It would, it's what undermines people's confidence in, in elected officials. And it's got to stop. We've got to expose it wherever we see it. Because again, if you really do think it's bad to use fossil fuels, then you ride your bicycle from wherever you are to wherever you want That's to go. Right. Don't get walk on the walk. Don't get in an SUV and, t- and fly in a private jet to get to your yacht. Nothing against any of those three things. But when you're telling everybody else not to do it and you're doing it yourself, uh, that's what people get more than anything. And they're sick and tired of the hypocrisy. And these people need to stop pushing these radical policies. They like no, no problem with you going out to your restaurant with your friends without a mask. But then when you're saying the super spreader, a caravan that's coming up from our Southern border right now, where Joe Biden says, you know, wear a mask, wear a mask, it's killing people. But then he's opening up our Southern border to a known super spreader caravan that's coming across. That's going to bring even more virus into our country at more expense to America. Where is the sense in that people see this, they get it and they're furious with it. 
Yeah, I think that double standard and hypocrisy is going to be one of the main things at the 2022 elections uh, turn on. One last question, because I know you're real busy and you got to get back to work. But I want to ask you, um, the more we learn about the Capitol riots, uh, the when you see the letter that was sent to leadership yesterday or over the weekend by the Capitol, the former Capitol Police Chief's son, uh, what we're learning from the affidavits, um, have we gotten the answers we need from Nancy Pelosi, the sergeant at arms, Mitch McConnell, about what they knew and when they knew it about the threats. What, what's your current assessment of what we're learning about the security posture and the preparedness of the Capitol prior to January 6th? John, we have not gotten the answers that we have asked that the American people deserve. And, and it starts with preparation. You know, everybody knew January 6th could be a contentious day. And now we're finding out that uh, at some level, high level of Capitol Police, they were potentially offered uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of National Guard. Right. And th- there are reports that it was a political decision, not a Capitol Police decision at some level. Did Speaker Pelosi know about this? Was she at some point asked, do you want to accept these, these the offer for these National Guard troops? Did she say no? Did someone else say no? At what level? At what highest level was that issue raised, and at what level was the help rejected? No one has answered that question adequately, and it needs to be, uh, because again, you know, we lost uh, we lost Capitol police officers who were beaten, murdered. Uh, this was a tragedy, and we need to get to the bottom of what really happened, and was it preventable? Yeah, that's really the question. We want to learn from this so that we never have to repeat what what happened there. And uh, the warning signs of sort of failed security seem to be growing every day. So it seems to me Speaker Pelosi could do us a favor by answering some of those questions for the public. Uh, Congressman, I can't thank you enough for the time today. We're watching what you're doing. We're going to keep a close eye on that uh, on the pandemic response because I think some of the issues that you raised are going to be very important in the next few weeks. And I can't wait to get you back on the show again sometime soon. John, look forward to it. We'll keep the pressure up and and we'll keep battling for the truth. Thank you, sir. It means a lot. All right, folks, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. <laughs> That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 
All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where we had a pretty newsy interview with Congressman Steve Scalise. I think the idea that he proposed it may be time for school children to have a union that represents their interest just as much as the teachers' unions are representing uh, the interest of teachers. Uh, I bet you that's going to get some attention, right? It's a new idea, a fresh idea. Maybe it is time to have an advocate since the political leaders in these cities and communities have not been able to overcome the resistance of teachers' unions. Uh, and I think, as many people say, to the detriment of our school children. Very important stuff there. Uh, I really enjoyed going through the very detailed report that Congressman Scalise's office wrote about the pandemic and the hypocrisy we're now seeing from Democrats abandoning the very scientific principles they said they were going to stand by because those scientific principles are inconvenient to constituencies of the Democratic Party, the left, all that's real important stuff. So again, want to thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another big guest. I think Congressman Andy Biggs is going to be joining the show. Looking forward to that conversation. Congressman Biggs is on the front lines of the Arizona border crisis. Uh, on the front lines of so many of the policy decisions and debates going on in Washington. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with another show. Until then, may God bless you. May God bless this great country of America, as he has always done. We'll be back tomorrow. Good night. Godspeed. Enjoy your family. Thank you. Thank you.